This is No Starving Artist Podcast. You deserve a successful creative life. I'm Anissa Benitez, a marketing expert at top companies and creative journeyer. I'm here to support your creative wellness, financially, mentally, and spiritually. Share with me your questions and I'll share perspective. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is about moving from telling to showing and really becoming a living example because there comes a period in time where we've communicated what we're about, we've communicated what we care about, our values, our business model maybe, our pitch, our needs, our commitment to maybe our partner, you fill in the blank and maybe it's being received or maybe it's not. But we recognize that there's a need to show, there's a need to walk our walk and not just talk the walk, but really walk it. Though we can go back and later explain what we've done after we've shown, it's really important to recognize when it's time to transition and elevate to a place where we're really embodying everything that we are talking about. This topic will become a little less meta in a bit. Our segments for today's episode is one question from the No Starving Artist community, which is actually just pulled from some past experiences personally, and a newer one that arose. Two, we'll get into the details of how we can move from not just telling people what we're about, but really showing them, and that's showing through words, and it's showing through the embodiment of it. And three, our culture rec. As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode this podcast in general, share it on social, tell a friend, rate and review wherever you're listening. It helps other people find this and support their creative journey. If you have a creative journey update or you're facing a challenge, I would love to share it here on the podcast. Always you or your story as anonymous. I can be reached at hello at morebyher.com. So a question that I received recently and I've received in the past from managers and I've received from people who have children that I've babysat and I've received from friends, etc., that they want their kids to have certain qualities. How do I get my kids to have these certain qualities? How do I instill risk-taking in them? How do I instill compassion in my child? How do I instill that zest to become an entrepreneur or a dreamer or be more expansive than I have allowed myself to be? How do I make them feel more capable of achieving their dreams? I want to set them up so they're at another level. How do I do that? And I love these questions because it's super flattering. It really strokes my ego being that I don't have kids. Kids are human beings and they're all variable. I think we are all kids. I'm very in touch with my childlikeness. But when you're developing, when you're actually in a developmental age, your absorption of the world around you is so much more visible. And that's just beautiful. And that's why I love kids. There's this one girl that I babysat when I was in college. And she was so wise. She was just eight years old. And she was so cute. She always wore her hair in natural braids. And she had this pudge on her face and her body that was so damn cute. But she was also so damn wise. She was incredibly intuitive and sensing. And it's beautiful to find that in someone, especially in such a young age, that you can just be in their presence and they can feel your spirit in each fluctuation of your emotional state before 
I even cognitively recognized it before I actually, because I'm a generally a bit more heady person and I have to detach, right? So that my brain can detach and I can just do a scan of my body and get more into my intuition and evaluate the state of my body. Uh, Translate that into words that I can understand. So detaching and actually being like, okay, I feel a little tension in my neck. I feel heat arise in me. I must feel anger. I must feel frustrated. Ah, I feel tense and frustrated because I don't trust the people around me or I feel bothered by the lack of intimacy in this environment. I feel very on edge and I want to be in a safe space and I want to have meaningful conversations that are welcome. So it takes me no effort to move towards judging (laughs) and move towards thinking, but really takes effort for me to move more organically towards feeling um i took myers-briggs personality assessment it's a test that you can take and you can also just look at the attributes online and when i took it for the first time when i was 18 i got estj which means i'm very extroverted um sensing thinking and judging versus introverted intuition-led feeling and perceiving and Um, I think if I took it now, it would be different. And I think ultimately the goal is to be at the intersection for myself personally, the goal is to be at the intersection of all of these so that we can always lean into our judging or lean out of it and move into our perceiving and move out of it and be in our thinking maybe and move out of that and move towards our feeling maybe and move out of that and flow between all of these states because we all contain multitudes. We all contain all these attributes, but our natural nature might be swayed in one direction or the other. Very organically, I'm a more judgmental and heavy thinking person. And I used to say a lot of statements like, you should do this, you should do X, Y, Z. It would be best if you handled this like that. I think that if you do this better, then it'll result in these results. More of a teller and a judger and I've just become honestly just more compassionate. And so it's eased me into getting in touch with all of my senses more so and evaluating them as all valuable. Almost two years ago now, me and my brother got a place together and upon moving in together, we laid out some groundwork around our cleaning schedule and nitty gritty. And I used to be on him, remind him about the schedule and he would never remind me. Eventually, I had to accept my standards for cleanliness and organization of the home are just different from his. I've already communicated what mine are and why they are. So rather than rally him, I had to just get accustomed to doing it sometimes. I role model my standards rather than remind him of my standards. Why? Because I care about having the space be a certain way. And I don't mind doing the extra labor to have that outcome and be in a space that feels good to me. It's actually not very burdensome to me. In the beginning, there were also moments where I was like, did you remember to clean out the fridge once he said he cleaned the kitchen? And I was monitoring his results too much. Then something shifted in me and I, rather than continue to nag him, just said I didn't feel like doing that and I actually didn't mind to clean it and I started doing it and it felt good. I started cleaning a little bit more off schedule in the effort to have the space feel good. It resulted in him also noticing 
noticing that I cleaned off schedule and matching that, matching my cleaning, because even though he doesn't care about the fridge, for instance, being wiped down, he does care about me. And he cares about me feeling good in this environment too. So he aims to match that, which is really lovely. And here's the truth. I don't know about parenting your children all the time. I don't know about um, being a parent. Parenting, I think, doesn't require so much knowing as it does need trying. Children aren't fixed variables. It's not like you can pour in the right amounts of everything you can role model to them all these things. You can show them all these things. But you can't guarantee a perfect outcome of a human where none of us are perfect. So that's kind of a mission impossible. Another truth is that we are humans. And so though we, you know, definitely are sh- shifted and formed by our nurture, a lot of it is nature too. So how can we release the need to control our children especially? How can we role model more of what we would like them to absorb? Kids learn from being told and they learn from being shown hugely. We all learn from being shown. And a lot of the qualities that you want your kids to embody are more likely qualities that you want to role model and you want to be. And how can you actually move towards that? And so this question doesn't necessarily apply to just kids. I love this question because we see kids often as this blank slate and we see them as these exciting opportunity for another chance. But we, if we're still living, still have all of the chance to embody all of those things that we want this child to absorb in the world and and really embody so our episode today is about being more mindful of not just telling not just telling others what to be what to move towards really showing them not just positioning other people in front of other people but embodying those qualities ourselves so in the context of your creative journey in general anything that you're aiming to attract is something that will come a little bit more easily to you if you embody it. We tend to attract love that we think we deserve. We tend to attract opportunities that we feel we deserve. So the more that we can move towards those, the better off, um, more likelihood we will be in attaining them and enjoying the journey along the way. The bigger question here is really, why not be a living example of what you want for and from others? As some of you know, I founded More By Her, a platform to dismantle the starving artist stigma. Each week, we share a new story of creative women shaping culture on Wednesdays, Wisdom Drop Wednesdays, for those who identify as women, non-binary, she, her, they, them, thriving artists who are willing to give transparency on their creative journey and how they do it. Follow us at morebyher.com or on Instagram at more underscore by underscore her. So in this segment, I'll talk about the three questions that will help us ask or we can ask to ourselves when really making that shift from not just telling people, but really showing them, becoming more of that living example. When's the right time to make that 
change and an inflection so that we're not becoming what we feel like is a broken record and we're losing our patience because we've already explained this a million times and we're losing compassion for the other person and patience for ourselves. So when it comes to first, and within the segment, there'll be three questions and within each of those, lots of reflection questions. The first question being, have you told them really understanding the difference between showing and telling? Have you told people explicitly when it comes to your loved ones, kids, parents, siblings, partners, boyfriends, girlfriends, friends, etc.? Have you told them really explicitly what you're needing? Have you told them really explicitly how to treat you, how to treat the world around you, how to understand your art, what you're about? You fill in the blank, but have you really explicitly told them to the best of your abilities? Have you communicated things in a way that's truly clear? Sometimes it's worth taking a look back on what you've communicated because oftentimes we can feel like, oh, I've referenced something, I've implied this, but maybe I haven't actually explicitly told people transparently what I'm about, where I'm about, where my values stand, what I'm moving towards. Is it worth doing that? It's definitely worth doing it for yourself. I highly recommend writing down your goals and being as explicit and specific as possible, but really to the outside world, to others around us, being clear on if we've communicated things clearly to them. Sometimes that means finding a new way and a creative way to tell them something. Sometimes it's telling them in a note. Maybe it's telling them in an essay. Sometimes it's telling them verbally. Sometimes it's telling them. And there's so many mediums and forms and ways to get a message across to somebody. And making sure that you're sharing information to the person in a way that they best understand information is always the key you can tell something to somebody and they just tend to not remember and retain stuff and learn in that way. And then you just write down a note to them as a reminder and they remember. So understanding our person, their maybe love language, this form of communication that they absorb best is actually really valuable in this process. And I think it's just you know, we all get tired. It's hard to lead and feel, you know, repetitive in the way that we're sharing stuff. It's exhausting to have to be so explicit. It's tiring and it's it's exposing to be really transparent and vulnerable around what we're about. But it's really helpful. Uh, In this one episode of the Jay Shetty on Purpose podcast, he's asked, he talks about how he's asked, how he manages to answer a lot of the same questions so many times he's probably gone to so many conferences spoken with so many people a lot of them ask the same questions a lot of us have the same questions and each time he seems to answer them in a very patient way how do you not lose patience with people and his response to that We always have to remember that it might be the first time this person is asking. So when we answer, we have to answer with that in mind. It might be the first time somebody's listening to us. For the first time, they're hearing us. Even if we've said something, what we feel like is explicitly to them many a time. This is the first time they're hearing it. So how can we share it in a way that gets the point across clearly and serves them? So the first one is just making sure that we've told people clearly that we've told. And second is 
that we have told them why. So oftentimes we tell people, we tell people, you should do this, you should do that, but we haven't told them why. And this is a time to focus on describing senses, describing greater outcomes. This is a time to tune into storytelling. Not necessarily getting too in depth around the emotional state, like it makes me feel blah, blah, blah when you do blah, 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 but showing a wider macro context for the reasons why, why you're telling them where you're able to weave people through reasoning more quickly and delving into you answering the question of why helps a lot. So to my brother, rather than me just telling him, keep the sink clear of dishes, please keep the sink clear of dishes after you use dishes, make sure that you wash them and put them away. I can say that uh, till the cows come home, but what's actually effective is for me to also share with him I feel more clarity in my mind when my space mirrors that same orderliness so if you don't mind whenever you do your dishes whenever you use something that you clean it up and put it away so that the space continues to feel open and it doesn't feel cluttered right so when I can communicate more clearly as to why my neuroses kind of exist, it helps them understand why I care about something. It's not necessarily about the dishes. It's about the feeling of orderliness, the feeling of a space that's clear, a space that doesn't need me to maintain it, a space that allows me to just move through it. That's really important to me. And because he cares about me, he therefore cares about washing the dishes and putting them away after. So sometimes this also, you know, obviously requires more vulnerability to show people why we care about things, to get personal, to say, hey, this is actually really correlated with upbringing or trauma that I experienced or healing that I see needed in the world or this greater macro thing. So number two is, have you told them why? Not have you not just told them, how to do something, but why, why it matters. If you've completed those two things um, and you feel like your messages are landing on ears that are not receiving them or minds that are not open to them, etc., it's really just up to you to move towards showing, to really move towards being the practice um, of the thing that you would like for people to take in practice showing every day not just telling and you might feel really good in the effort of practicing showing that's what always surprises me is how good it feels to just do things sometimes are you living what you are wanting to share with others this podcast is kind of funny because it's such an explicit podcast for me personally I think it's very heavy on personal development and self-improvement but my hope is that it's not so explicit where I'm like you should do this and you should do that it's really just a place to be a reminder to you a reminder to you of things that you already know but maybe forgotten what lately for myself I've also been feeling a great pull to create more content that is art I found this website called no budge and it shows short films and they're so beautiful these independent films 
steal your heart. There's one, this love story between this couple who is doing online distance dating and they met for the first time in New York. There's these two gay men and their love story in this weekend maybe that they're together just stole my heart. It was beautiful and it showed it showed a representation of love that's not shown enough. It's not popular enough and it deserves to get represented, amplified. It it brought up so much for me, so much that wasn't told but shown. And I'm re-reminded so many times of the power of art in that way and that's what I want to move towards creating more of and releasing the need to control. Releasing the need to control is always the general theme. So with this second, this third one of have you really shown people? Have you really embodied things? Ooh, this is the work. This is the hardest one, but also where there's so much reward. When it comes to posting on social media, perhaps, how much are you showing your process? How much are you showing your process of creating? How much are you inviting people into your world? It's helpful to be mindful of showing a little bit and leading, leaving some breadcrumbs so that people can find themselves, so people can be more guided. How often are we doing this? Are we mindful of whom we might be showing ourselves to and the power that it could provide? Are you showing all of the processes of your thinking, of your reflections? It's also worth mind, being mindful of your boundaries around that process of showing and showing because it's, yeah, it just brings up a lot of exposure. Are you showing your reflections, your reasons, your doubts? Are you moving towards becoming the person that you're wanting others to be, the person that you're wanting to attract? Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a lifelong process. And I think once we've gotten clear on those first two questions, we've told people what we're about, what we want, what we're hoping to attract we've shown people, I mean, excuse me, we've told them why it matters to us, etc. Have we really shown them? Have we really moved towards these things and taken proactive effort to attain the things that we care about, to move towards the things that we care about so we're not just um, working to project upon others? Hard to recognize when this is happening. I find it's pretty clear in myself every time I get really excited about the potential of somebody else doing something you should try this you should do this it's usually reflective that I should do the thing that I should actually just start doing those things that I think other people should be doing so So the reason telling people gets so tiring, and some people can spend a lifetime in in the space of telling, in the space of being more explicit. A lot of artists have a hard time doing that because it's tiring. It's tiring for everyone, and maybe you haven't been most impacted by somebody telling you something, but by seeing it through exposure. Maybe it's through writing, maybe it's through art, maybe it's through fashion, maybe it's through music you fill in the blank, but you know that those things have played a huge part in your embodiment of becoming more of a person you want to be. It takes a lot of patience to embody certain things, 
to move towards more of a place of peace where we are okay not telling and just showing and working in the space of showing more so than always telling. Our culture that comes from Byron Katie, well, she was hosted on Goop Podcast. <laughs> Goop Podcast, and the episode is called Ending the War on Self with Byron Katie. Byron Katie, I spoke to his, in a previous podcast episode in regards to boundaries and saying no. She's notorious as a spiritual leader and author of Loving What Is and also the creator of The Work, which is a self-inquiry method. She guides the host of the podcast on Goop through a process of asking questions of herself to better understand negative belief patterns that are in her mind around people and their inabilities and what you project into the world ultimately she reminds us that we are not our emotions and emotions aren't our enemies either she really invites the podcast host katie to no oh, also in katie to deep to delve deeper and ask questions of what we'd be without our stories without the stories that we make up towards other people towards the world around us and we need to evaluate those stories because those stories move us away often from having just compassion, having compassion, more peace. Yeah, the more that we can have peace, peace in ourselves, the easier it comes to move towards showing when we are more at peace, when we're more okay with releasing control of others, of our need for them to understand us. When we accept being misunderstood, we move closer to being artists right to be misunderstood to have potentially deep profound impact on people but also risk maybe not even hitting the mark with some others more at peace with ourselves is the ultimate goal more at peace with ourselves and therefore with others so i highly recommend this podcast episode because i think it's worth us reaching a point where we actually allow ourselves to release you can spend a lifetime telling and telling and telling and not embodying and not showing and not moving closer towards becoming a living example of what you want of and from others because you don't trust you don't trust them you don't trust them to make that effort so you continue to repeat the same thing maybe in new ways but with the same lack of trust that they'll actually absorb. And so how do you actually move towards releasing control? You deserve to be the hero that you seek. You deserve to role model what you're wanting of others, what you're wanting from others. How can you embody more of that? And you can continue to share quite explicitly what you're doing, why you're doing it all along the way, but how do you become it? It's worth always taking the extra effort of doing the hard part, the inner work to get to a place where we can, we can really show up as our best selves. We can really be the heroes that we seek in the world. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I'm super grateful to be here with you on this creative journey. Share your questions and creative journeys with me, any challenging challenges that you're facing Email me at hello at morebyher.com. Please leave a review. Please tell a friend. Share this podcast on social media. I have 
a request to hear what episodes you've been enjoying. I'm at Anissa Benitez on Instagram. Follow the wisdom of many thriving creative women and non-binary people at morebyher.com. You are no starving artist. I'm grateful to be on this journey with you as you become and really embody and show, show who you are to yourself, most importantly. I appreciate you.